This is Farmer's Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hazrat Mzanzi and welcome to episode 5 of Farmer's Inside Track. We unashamedly salute the unsung heroes of agriculture. We believe in the power of agriculture to create social cohesion. My name is Dawn Numdu and I'm the editor of Food for Mzanzi. And joining me today is Corvus Lawrence, co-founder of South Africa's leading agricultural and lifestyle news platform. Hey Corvus. Hey Dawn, it's great to be back. I just want to comment on how great our launch has been going for Farmers Inside Track. It's it's great to start an, a media platform that's specifically for up-and-coming farmers. So everybody who hasn't checked it out, just go to www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za. Kobus, I'm totally excited about our next guest. He is the Township Aquaponics Pioneer. We've dubbed him that, but he's much more, so much bigger. And you have to watch this space with this guy. And I'm so happy to have him joining us today. He is Mosesi Mosesi, and he runs an aquaponics farm in Tembisa. Can you believe it? I thought that was strange, but I'm looking forward to asking him about that. So stay tuned and find out how this guy runs an aquaponics farm in the middle of a township. Wow, Mom, what did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, Mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain-filled chickens at a leading store. Grainfield Chickens, bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za. On to our guest for today, Mosesi Mosesi. He is the Township Aquaponics Pioneer. Welcome, Mosesi, to Farmers Inside Track. Oh, thank you, and thank you for having me. So, you started in agriculture two years ago, but you're already making waves in the industry, you're doing your thing, and not asking anyone for anything, and you're just living your best life. How's it been? has been hectic to start with farming is not very a job it's more of a vocation so it's a lifestyle so yeah it's been hard hiccups right there but then we're on track and like i mentioned before you are actually running an aquaponics farm in the heart of tembisa how are you doing that in the township not everybody knows about urban farming so it was not always aquaponics so basically i started out doing hydroponics so I had a farm which housed about 1,650 plants. From there, graduated to the aquaponics farm. And where did it all start for you? I know that you did a learnership in horticulture, and that's how you basically got into agriculture. But why did you think farming was an option for you, and how did you actually get into it? Most young people out there, I was one of the statistics of unemployment. So I was employed for like four years until I got the learnership. So during the course of the learnership, I actually fell in love with the love of plants and how they grow and everything. So it got me curious and I just wanted to, to further it until then I got an opportunity from Yes for Youth, which is the Youth Employment Service. So they identified me as somebody who is capable of running such a farm. So that's when I was introduced actually for the first time to urban farming. And it's quite a setup, Gwabas. Yeah, it looks very capital intensive. I mean, it's pumps and all kinds of very complicated systems. How did you get on top of that so quickly? So everything was actually funded by NetBank. So NetBank seeded the whole project. 
It was more of a funding, so it's non-repayable. So it just gave us the boost we needed to go in the right direction, and we, we take it from there. And was it difficult, I mean, to understand how the systems work? Obviously, you completed the learnership, but getting it all started, did you have anyone helping you, or did you just do this all on your own? I went under intensive training with a lot of people, one of them being the WIBC. So the WIBC has a, an incubation procedure which you have to go through. It's called the Urban Agriculture Incubation. They take young farmers or emerging farmers and then they incubate them about how to go about it. So they teach you about the marketing, the difficulties and whatever you can experience. And as far as aquaponics, I worked with guys from the Integrated Aquaculture, which have held my hand until I could get up my feet. And they also do training. And as far as hydroponics, I worked with the guys from Vertical Farming. I want to know more about aquaponics. It looks so complicated and it looks like kind of a very finely tuned system that you've got there. Is, is it like that? Like if something goes wrong, then it can have disastrous consequences? Unfortunately not. So our system is a decoupled system. Fishes are on one side and then the produce is on the other side. But then they're interlinked. So in aquaponics, basically aquaponics means the farming, but then you include fish. So we're using fish waste to actually do give the plants nutrients. So we have to convert the ammonia into nitrite and the nitrate and then feed it to the beds. And do you use the fish as well? Yes, so there's a market for the fish as well. What kind of fish? So the type of fish we're doing is tilapia mozambicus. It's a tropical fish. It grows fast. I think from an egg to an adult takes about 240 days, which is about equivalent to nine months. So it's a very fast-growing fish. I feel yeah. so lost in this conversation. <laughs> but just me having to wrap my head around everything, it feels crazy. But you're doing it so well. I mean, you're producing 303,600 plants and the fish and everything else. How do you do it? Do you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and then stay there all day? <laughs> What's the setup like? What does a day, day look like for you? Basically, in urban farming, we have the luxury, actually, of time. So, yes, you do wake up early in the morning, but then you do not have to do all the hectic stuff that are related to traditional farming. So, basically, you have to check your pH levels, your EC levels, the water temperature for the fishes, make sure every system is running. We do have a backup generator should the power go off, but then we're looking into taking the farm off-grid so that we know it's just day-to-day running of the business. And then, of course, you mentioned earlier that you yourself were unemployed before you started in agriculture and you also now employ people through your operation. Tell us a bit about your team. So we have 25 students actually studying agriculture. What we're doing is we're taking them through the traditional farming phase so that they back to basics and know the typicals they have to know into farming and then we're going to take them to the hydroponics whereby we're going to teach them an intro maybe to urban farming. The idea is to get each of them running their own farm so depending on how well they perform and how they do then they can actually be their own bosses. Is it on the same system that you're doing running your business as similar to what you're doing or traditional farming? No it's urban farming. So we encourage people to actually do urban farming because of the benefits. In South Africa, land has always been an issue. But then with in urban farming, all you need is space. You can actually create a farm anywhere as long as you have space. Have you seen an impact? It's a very urban setting that you operate in. What kind of impact have you seen just in kind of like the surrounding area there? I've had people from the community actually come in and question what I'm doing and actually want to try to feel the leaves of my produce if it's not plastic or so. (laughs) So people are very surreal with the whole thing. So what we're trying to do is now educate the community. 
We have people from the community actually purchasing our produce. We're working with a lot of chefs. So what we're trying to do is actually change the mindset of people. If we could do an aquaponic system in the township, I think it's very easy for us to actually educate the people in the township as well. Is the surrounding area your main market or do you supply? We recently worked with Food Lovers Market, which was one of our big clients. We work with the local grill here in Joburg. We have a chef on deck. It's called Mr. Chef. We're working with the local chefs. So the idea is actually to look into restaurants because they can actually be a very sustainable market. We're not trying to, to compete with the commercial farmers and quantity-wise because that's going to require a lot of space. But then we're doing okay with what we have. Doesn't it make your head spin thinking that two years ago you were unemployed and now you're... Looking back to the the traction I've made since being unemployed is actually amazing. That's why I call farming more of a calling because if something was meant to be, then you can actually see the difference it makes in one's life. Kobus, an even bigger thing that I'd like to announce is the fact that Mosesi actually met Prince Harry, the royals, when they came to visit South Africa recently. He's smiling at the moment. (laughs) I don't know who's happier, me or him. What was that visit like for you? I mean, thinking about these people coming to visit your farm, seeing your operation. Tell us about the experience. Okay, before I go there, I actually met the president and it was nerve-wracking. So meeting the royalties was like out of this world. <laughs> so it was one of those days, it's surreal until the day is over. So you look at the pictures and say like, wow, this really happened. Because they're very humble people, it's very easy to talk to them. They make it easy to actually have a conversation with them. And that obviously might open a lot of doors for you as well. And you mentioned meeting the president as well. Even just that alone, I'm sure all these people that have come along your way and come across your path, they've obviously opened some doors for you as well. You know, we live in a world whereby people need to know each other for us to actually move forward. So the more people you meet, the more your circle becomes bigger. So I try to meet as much people as I can so that it's easier for us to navigate these pathways. Because one of the hardest things to do in farming is finding a market. Imagine as an urban farmer, an emerging urban farmer actually, trying to go there and people consuming your food. Everybody wants to know what they're consuming. So the more traction you do and then the more people get to know about you, the easier it is for people to purchase your produce. I'm sure it can't all have been easy and smooth sailing. Was there any time where you felt overwhelmed and you thought, okay, no, let's just leave this? Every morning when I have to wake up, it's like, (laughs) it's this again. (laughs) But then, you know, for the greater good, a good cause, and it just comes naturally. Have you made any mistakes that you learned from that you can maybe share with other people entering the industry to learn? So as you know, in urban farming, we're working with a lot of technology. So as a farmer, you need to be a technician, a plumber, and everything. So I had an incident where a pipe was burst and I didn't know what to do so actually i burst the pipe so it was one of those days uh, a panic and stuff recently lost some fish due to power outages that was a learning curve for me it was the first time as a farmer losing produce so it's not always easy the first time actually i actually wanted to ask you earlier about how load shedding is actually affecting your business but you did mention that you have a generator so how do you prepare for for circumstances like that um all you can do is just be ready load shedding strike anytime anywhere what we do is we have a backup generator connected to the system so it automatically kicks in when power is off but then that's just enough power 
for you to fix the problem. So in cases of, of a load shedding, if you do not know how long it's going to take, then it becomes a problem because the diesel itself, it's very costly. So you end up running on a loss. So hence, we're trying to actually take the system off grid. Any advice that you'd like to give? Would you advise young people to enter this industry? Yes, I'd very much do that. But then we all know that not everybody is born to be a farmer. But then there are very different avenues in farming. So sorting is the processing. I mean, there's the packing, there's the logistics. There's a whole new world out there in farming. So I'd encourage people to find what they're looking for, what they love, and then just do it. Born and raised in Sharpville, your family, how did they respond when you started this journey? And what do they say about you now? So when I started out, I didn't actually tell my family because I didn't know how long it would last. So I didn't want to get their hopes up. So the first time they found out, it was, I think, in an article in the newspaper. <laughs> so then I received the calls and I, I promised to explain to them because uh, my parents are pretty old. They're not socializing on social networks, so they know nothing about that. So I needed to sit down and explain what exactly is it I'm doing. They're a very religious bunch, so they pray a lot. And they're very proud of you today, I guess. Yeah, very much. So you said with regards to your operation, you want to go off the grid. Do you have any other plans? I know that you want to increase your, your production. What's the next five years, ten years looking like for you? The next five, ten years, um, the idea is actually the same. What I'm trying to do is create the same opportunity I received and give it back to another youth out there who needs it. Giving back to the community would be a very big achievement for my company. We're starting an online presence, so we're looking maybe into hiring people who know actually how to do some of the things. Because at the current moment, I'm doing everything. But then the idea is not to employ, but then to empower. So if we'd had and the next moss in a couple of five years was actually running their own farm out there, it would be very nice. One last question. New Love Aquaponics Farm, where did the name come from? So remember I told you about the learnership I did in horticulture. So I met a couple of guys in class. So each of them was asked, what do we want to do? So we wanted to open up a company. New Leaf was one of the names that popped into my head whilst I was doing the, the learnership. So I carried that name ever since that day until today. And how does it feel to actually own a company with that name today? It's an achievement if you ask me. It's a very fulfilling feeling. Knowing where you come from and where you are right now is it's just a milestone. So it's a big achievement for me to be owning my own company and doing traction. Wow, your story is inspiring, Moss. I have to say, I can see the next Moss in five years' time. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> with your help and guidance there, it's definitely going to happen. All the best with the future, everything of the best with your farm, and I hope that you'll just go from strength to strength. No, thank you. Thank you. All the best. It's an incredible story, and it's the kind of story that we love telling to the South Africans who don't know what's happening. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Stay tuned, because next week we're going to be chatting to Uncle Wiz. For those of you who know his story on Food for Mzanzi, he is the first Nigerian farmer in Josie. That's right. I'm getting to interview him with Iva for next week, so I'm really looking forward to it. Until next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Farmer's Inside Track podcast, supported by Food for Mzanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co. Dot Z A.